How do you do it? Guess things. I don't guess. I observe. And once I've observed, I deduce. Wait, wait, wait. You assault our perp with an orange, and then somehow as he convinced he's innocent? Guys like him, they walk between the Hello, my dears, and welcome to Elementary, my dears, a podcast about the CBS show Elementary. I'm Allison Malden. Here's my co-host, George Hendricks. Hello. And we're here with our guest, Johnny Powers, today. Um, hey. Hi, Johnny. Um, she is a uh, host of the Austin Powers Minute. Is that the name of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, a, a podcast that, um, a minute by minute of Austin Powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly I'm what it curious, sounds like. I'm um, curious, how many of the, <laughs> how many of the um, uh, series have you covered so far? Two movies. I only have a gold member left, so nice. The least favorite, but I will do it. <laughs> I have to round it out. I'm trying to think. Is that the one where his skin peels off? Yeah, that... yeah. He yes. likes gold. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, That's ooh. the one I remember the best. <laughs> it's the newer one out of the three, but it's also. I know that Fat Bastard is disgusting, but I feel like Gold mm. Member itself, like the whole movie, is just gross all the way through. The, the, yeah. it, take, it does take you to a couple of gross places in that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, today we're talking about um, season one, episode four of Elementary, titled The Rat Race. And. Um, it should should is there anything I need to cover before I get into it? No, just talk about the writer and director. Okay, that's what yeah. I was doing next. I can't, yeah. couldn't think if I was forgetting something. Um, okay, this episode was written by Robert Doherty, the creator of the series, and Craig Sweeney, and directed by Rosemary Rodriguez. So, uh, we open on uh, Joan kind of running into Captain Gregson's office. She wants to talk to him privately and. Um, she tells him Sherlock is missing and she's worried. Um, but you can tell she's trying not to come out and say what the nature of their relationship is. She doesn't want to break her client privilege. Um, and Gregson kind of, he, when he learns that they actually live together, he's like, oh, right. You, he assumes they're dating. Yeah, the way she, she sort of unveils their dynamic is like, oh, no, no. I, I, why we live there? He's like, oh, it's like, no, it's not like that. It's like, what is it like? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hemming together. and hawing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's funny how opposed she is to even letting the notion go. Like, he, she cannot live with him thinking that they date. <laughs> um, that would be so Although, weird. Although, the fact that she opens up with, we have a system where we have to keep in touch every, at least every two hours. And just trying to wrap my head around that. I mean, I've been in situations where, like, listen, I text somebody a lot. And it's, like, it's mm-hmm. well within a two-hour window consistently, except for sleep. But the idea of it being mandatory, how would you guys handle that? Well, you mean if you were dating? Because that's what that's kind of like what makes Gregson think they're dating, and I, that did flag me a little bit. Like, who dates like that? And like, then, then he was like, "Is like you know your boss is a crazy person, right?" <laughs> uh, dating every two hours is a lot. Uh, being even like friendship, I'm like. Mm-hmm. I need space. I like my alone time. Please don't uh, expect me to consistently all the time 
every waking moment please don't <laughs> well yeah especially if it's like a, a spoken um requirement it's that's one thing if that's odd. just how it falls out like wow we seem to always talk like every two hours you know instead of uh, instead of just like we you must communicate with me you know within you know 120 it's minutes it's like a contractual obligation of like even if it wasn't like your job of like this is our relationship contract friendship or otherwise you have to do xyz no Mm -hmm. i'm good i'm not signing that contract (laughs) no i think honestly i think quarantine has put me in that kind of um unwittingly into a situation like that with my husband because we're both at home all day and so even when we go to our separate places in the apartment we're constantly like bumping into each other in the kitchen just like (laughs) it probably (laughs) is every two hours but it's not on purpose you're like i need I need water. Oh, you also need Mm. water. Hi, how are you from your respective area of the apartment? (laughs) We're really on the same schedule. So she finally tells Gregson the truth that she's Sherlock's sober companion. Big reveal. And yeah. And um, she is afraid he's relapsed and wants Gregson to help her find him. So then we cut to Sherlock. I feel like she could have used a little bit better language. A little bit language. She, she could have said, like, I'm worried he might have relapsed. But something about the tone of what she says basically said, like, he relapsed. And that's why he's not responding to me. I'm like, don't be so alarmist, Joan. Give him a little. Give him the benefit. He hasn't used drugs yet, has he? Nope. Yeah. Well, she really is panicked about it. And I think you kind of start to see, like, later in the episode, you see why she, what led her to that conclusion. But. Um. Yeah, I was interested in that reaction too because I I don't know what a sober companion relationship is like. Um, but she almost had like a life or death kind of oh my god reaction. Yeah. She- yeah. So it's like she knows something that we don't about maybe his past of the reason why she was hired is it got so bad. Hmm. Oh yeah. You know I didn't ask you Johnny if you had ever watched this. Uh, no. show before. Yes. Okay, cool. Nope. So you're like a total newbie. This is fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it, it did. We haven't really seen what his life was like before uh, he got into rehab, but if you've watched the entire series, you'll see later, like, yeah, it was pretty bad. So we cut from there to Sherlock in the back of a moving car, and he's his hands and feet are tied. Um, and then I'm going to throw it to George for Act 1. Then we get the classic uh, flashback two days later, which is, I was kind of thinking like, well, okay, we're starting a little hot here. So I think I'll get a little backstory on this. Okay. (laughs) All right. Because at first I thought of like, maybe he's going to be like, well, no, I was in this thing. And like, it was like going to be some weird sex thing. And then they were going to, but I'm like, oh, no, no, he's, uh, he's been abducted. Gotcha. Which is, which is Mm -hmm. interesting because then I'm like, oh, we're going to have to do the whole thing where like Joan has to be the one to to, to, like deduce where he is and, and, and like, look, follow the breadcrumbs that he's leaving. We'll see. But no, no, we get a 48 hours uh, earlier thing and Joan is sitting there having a conversation with a very presumptive best friend um, talking about, you know, her kid. And then, you know, it's like, oh, how's your love life? And she's like. Not really have one. I got a man in my life, and he's a bit of a he's a he's he's a lot to handle. But uh, she's like, "Good, you won't <laughs> mind me the that I completely just ambushed you with this man who's going to come up and be like, haha, guess what? I got to go. Here's money for coffee. Bye.' Yeah, yeah, that's what not a good situation. 
Oh my gosh, I wanted to ask you guys if you've ever been on an ambush. Oh hell like no. That. This is No, absolutely. The not. level of presumption <laughs> that occurs in this situation only happens in movies and television. Only. <laughs> At least one person would be in on the situation if that's the case. Like in real life, that's someone true. would say, like, all right, this is the setup. I just just be cool, you know. Otherwise, no, there's there's no there's this would never happen in real life unless someone was emulating this. And then they would yeah, no longer be so your best mad. friend. I mean, the only thing that really gets her friend out of it is that the guy is so fucking cute. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. I, I, I texted George immediately when Aaron, like, walked into the screen. And I was like, I, he's hot. I like uh-huh. him. Yeah, uh-huh. but he's I like so him. sus. <laughs> I know, but, like... He's cute. <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to point out that actor. His name is Luke Kirby. And um, do you guys watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No. Mm-mm. Oh, well, he plays Lenny Bruce mm-hmm. on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And he is so good. I mean, <laughs> so good as Lenny Bruce. Um, so anyway. I think he looks like a kind of like a scruffed up Joey McIntyre. Joey McIntyre. New Kids on the Block. This is a 90s sitcom person. No, that's Joe. No, that's uh, Joey uh, (laughs) Lawrence. Joey McIntyre is from uh, New Kids on the Block. Oh, oh, yeah. He was like the young one. (laughs) Anyway, I think if you saw Joey McIntyre like from like maybe in his 30s and then look back, you'd like, yeah, I see that. I see that. I see the I see the connection. I was. Either too young or just didn't care about boy bands for new kids. You're missing out in KOTV. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta throw in the acronym. Gotta. Here. So yeah, so so Aaron's sitting there and and he's like he's as shocked as she is, and there's like there's like a l- little moment of good chemistry, and then he's like, oh, that's my coffee. Which how did he order his coffee before he even sat down? That's weird. It's like, why, why don't like you go like meet your friend and be like, all right, I'm gonna be, I'll order my coffee. But apparently his latte was ready to you go. You don't do that? No. When you meet someone for coffee, no, you don't like, get your coffee No, he's like, want to say hi. Hi, hi. Hey, great. Let me uh, hop in line and we'll like, you know, he's like, cool. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. At first I thought, did she, did she order that for him? That's another level of presumption. Now, listen, you order your coffee first so that if you do the drive-by, you can bail. He didn't know it was to. a date. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I feel like she's done this to him in the past, potentially. And he's just like setting himself up for like a, oh, I guess something came up. I got to. Nah, mm-hmm, he gotta looked go. way too surprised like, to be like, oh, you're doing this to me. I hate you face. Or it could have been that he was just pretending mm-hmm. that he was mad at her and that he knew all along. I uh, know he, he's he's apparently not a very good liar. So uh, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> True, true. We okay, find out we'll later. Find that out later. <laughs> but yeah, I also like he comes back with this coffee, and I just want to say, um, bad form on his part, because even if you're on a date with someone you're set up to be with, like not just like ambushed with, you don't look at their phone and read their text messages over their shoulder. <laughs> Enough to mm-hmm. comment on my like, oh, there's some weird acronyms you got there, girl. What's up? Are you dating? Are you are you talking to a teenager? That was bad. Yeah, I, call, that was I, I would have called him out again. I'll say it again. Aaron is sus. I don't like him. But I, honestly, that's it's um, that's a function of the writers. They just need to draw attention to. I feel like they could have done some way, hat. and then yeah. But I get, 
she could have asked him like, "What do you think this acronym means?" This little yeah, weird inviting her and in, him into her space, or saying, or having going yeah. like, mm-hmm. "What?" and then saying it out loud. And he goes like, "What?" Does, he goes like, "What?" It's like, "Oh," and then like <laughs> offering the avenue of him to say like, mm-hmm. "Uh, what? What are you talking about?" And then that's a conversation topic. Not yeah. Saw your phone over your shoulder like a fucking creeper. <laughs> How you doing? Let's have this weird and date. And even if you did creep. Even if you did creep, don't That's say That's what I'm saying. I, like my it. other follow-up like, point was like, even if you do happen to look <laughs> over their shoulder and see their text, you don't say anything about it. No. That's right. That's right. You Nobody's just perfect. STFU it, and go along. You didn't see anything. Even if it was like, this it. is where we'll hide the body. You don't, you don't, there's a confidentiality clause in, in place. You don't say anything. <laughs> so. And then later you call your best friend and you say, I saw this person's date. Like, I was on this weird ambush date, and I saw this weird text message. Let's talk about this. You talk about it with somebody else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Come on, Aaron. Yeah, someone who won't judge you. That's like two and a half strikes right there. I know, but he's We'll get into the third strike Mm -hmm. later. But yeah, also, Joan, put your phone on silent. Come on. Like, you know it's it's a BlackBerry, but it's still got that feature. It doesn't have to go blink, blink every 30 seconds knowing you have a text. That's just bad form on her part. But she keeps it on ring because of him, because she has to. She's already job. keeping it face mm, up, like within eyesight. She can see like, oh, I got a text versus, which is already kind of like bad. If you're obviously, she knows she's going to be on a date, but come on. It's mm. just like dating etiquette. Mm, yeah, yeah. So well, I obviously don't know my dating etiquette, but I, cause I'm going to ask you guys a question in a minute, but keep going. Okay. So they have an awkward conversation and like, I guess they're making jokes and then it kind of like, you know, they're like, all right, well, you're attracted. You see her kind of like, oh, putting her hair up when he goes to get his coffee and that sort of thing. And so there you go. So they're, they're, they jump to Sherlock, like responding to one of the text messages, like in my not so humble opinion, I believe, is the acronym he uses, which is a very Sherlock thing to mm-hmm. say. I am in H. Oh, is that what yeah. I'm sorry? That's I am okay. in in my not so in my I am in S H O. Oh right, right. I left out the S. And I just want to say that this whole like way of speaking drives me nuts. Like LOL is one thing, BRB, uh, like you know, like OTW, those are fine. But like, to, like mm-hmm. we have we have full keyboards. Yeah, now. like you have don't a conversation. Need to, like, this isn't T nine just trying to get your point across while you're in traffic. Right. Just text it or mm-hmm. voice the text. Hmm. That's also an option. Not to hear, but you know. Uh, yeah, the, I think that the the U, the letter U for Y O U is my biggest pet peeve. Ugh. Or oh, no, no, no. U R for your. Oh, mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I don't care just for two that. for T O O, or because you don't. There's three of them. Which one are you using? It takes more time to switch to the numbers keyboard sometimes. That wait, is it the same? Yeah, I can't even remember what the keyboard looks like right now. But like, that's more effort than it is to just type the word. Just, just so you know, it this is. is one of the main reasons why I dislike the band U2. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bono's an arrogant piece of shit. I don't like their music at all. I but, was like, there's not, there's multiple reasons. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It really is Bono why I judge you nuts. I hate their music. But like, that's this icing on the Shots cake is the fired. fact that there's like U2. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah, anyway. So. Wait, 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 wait. One follow up. Do you hate the Joshua Tree album or do you hate all you I don't like anything after Joshua Tree. We'll put it like straight okay, up. Like, good, good. Uh, Octane I, Baby I think, was I love Joshua. Okay, but anything mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll put Octane Baby in there just because it was I listened to it a lot in my youth. But like after that, like I just I I wouldn't wipe my butt with the lyrics of most of those songs. 
So. All right. All right. People can contact George. Yeah. Yeah. At me on my YouTube feelings. <laughs> so, yeah. So, she, next thing you know, she's a Sherlock says he's responding and he's all like, we got to go. We have to like, we got to go meet these people at this bank. And she's like, you look like a hobo. And he says like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to a fancy bank. I want to look like a hobo because they're all rich, uh, predatory assholes, basically. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. you. I feel you. I love it. I like that he referred to it as like they put on a costume every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. That was I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sherlock and I have very similar feelings on suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he he's so um, bitter about the investment bankers, and you can really tell this wasn't that long after the Great Recession. Yeah, it's like two thousand nine after, after almost, the twenty eight two thousand eight yeah. collapse and all that bullshit, and everyone's like getting bailed out and walking away with multi-million dollar severance packages for leaving a job they did terribly and it's just Mm -hmm. the whole world was like we just need to burn it down just burn it down yep yeah i feel like this episode is just like saturated with that um sentiment i'm okay with that i'm still cool with that Mm Mm-hmm. yeah same yeah, so we get we see we we cut to a boardroom and we get to see Craig Bierko who's put on a little bit of weight, but not no. He works for him. He's just kind of like filled out in his age and like he's like okay. So what? Right. What did you recognize him from? Because he's very recognizable. Uh, he was. I know he dated Janine Garofalo for a while. Like that <gasps> oh, was kind of like back in the day. And then he was in the. I can't remember the name of the movie. He was in some weird sci-fi movie where he was either the protagonist or the antagonist. And I'm completely blanking. Maybe it's a TV show. But it was like a, he's always like a real jerk. Like, but he's like plays a nice guy, but turns out to be a jerk. Like he's like a double agent or something like that. So I always like just, I knew his name and recognized it from stuff. I can't like tell you off the top of my head the names of the things. Other than he was Mr. Janine Garofalo for a while. He was, he was on Wings. That was probably. Oh, really? Was he? What I knew him from. Well, when I looked at the IMDb, that was one of the, let me see what else. Boston Legal, Damages. Oh, I think it was Boston Legal for me. That's got to be it. He's a very recognizable character actor. Yeah, so if you go to his IMDb and look at the uh, photo of him, that's how I remember him. Like, you know, super, like, pretty boy, chiseled, Mm. uh, that sort of thing. Very handsome. Apparently he was in The Long Kiss Goodnight. I don't... Oh, yeah, he was another one of those, uh, like, he was a... He was like a thought. You thought he was kind of like an ally, and they turned out to be an asshole kind of guy. So that's just kind of his bread and butter. That's true. He, yeah, he's perfected the asshole look. Except in this episode where he is wrongly maligned, but we'll get to that. Uh, just because he's asshole. wrongly maligned doesn't mean he's no. He's an asshole. Yet. No, for sure. Yeah, given given the, the 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 scene he has later, like like you know, you're a piece of shit. Just because you mm-hmm. aren't the, the piece of shit in this the show doesn't mean your character's not a piece of shit in general. So we get the whole thing where he's like, well, we have all this money and this guy that's in charge of all this money is missing. So you should find him because he hasn't been gone for two days. And Gregson said that you would find him. You know, he's like, sorry, when people talk, millions of dollars disappear. (laughs) I hate you. I hate everybody in your room. Yeah, but then Sherlock pulls a little scammer. He's like, oh, by the way, you're paying me 12 times my normal rate. And he goes like, oh, you don't think I'm worth it? And then he like calls out to like, you two are sleeping together and you have used uh, something to remove nail polish recently. And it was, I think it was a yeah, guy who was looking at his nails like, how did you know that? I'm like, all right. But uh turns out he doesn't have a daily <laughs> like rate. Yeah, shit. it was so much <laughs> yeah. funny. It was so good. 
Yeah. So he doesn't have a daily rate. He's and got and a- he calls. He tells him that sh- that Joan is his bodyguard. Yeah. She got. <laughs> Which I also love because it just like made. I don't know. I love Lucy Liu, and I love mm-hmm. like. I like that she's doing something different in this show, but I am I adore her for her badassery. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to see her like bust out a katana so, sword. Yeah, <laughs> or like some nunchucks. Full or kill something. Bill and go go nuts on it. Crazy eighty eight on him. That's a boardroom <laughs> she scene. She gets I want. to do some badass stuff as Watson later on too. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be anything close to playing uh, like what she did in Kill Bill. Well, no. No, the the most no, badass. But nothing really would come up to that level. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we have which uh, like yeah, you said maybe 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 calling him her bodyguard is a Kill Bill reference or something like that because she has been known for her badassery. And uh, yeah, so it turns out he doesn't even have a day rate. He just made that up, and he's got. I had to come up with those before I tell them what to pay me. And like, <laughs> and then he says, "Yeah, we need to." He goes to the office of the guy, and his secretary takes there, whom we don't know the name of yet, but we learn later. But as Donna, and and yeah, he's like, "Well, yeah, I hate rich people who think they're smart, and so they have all these books they never read." Except for this one, and he whips it out, and it's a catalog for call girls. Very expensive call girls. So everyone's got a thing, I guess. (laughs) Can I just say, I looked up, um, I did some research online to see, can you actually just buy a bunch of books? Like, when you're decorating your office, and you can. Um, Yeah, just like bulk books. You can buy books by the foot. Oh, God. Wait, books by the, is this, wait, why is, that just... Are they fruit flavored? I know. I know. Yeah. It's like for people who just want the look of bookshelves. They don't want to like. What kind of monster? I want you both to agree now to to me that if I ever wind up being that person who orders something from books by the foot just so I can look smart, I want you to sneak into my home and smother me with a pillow. There's something else that you will. I, My pillow, really which probably me. costs a thousand dollars, because if I'm going to buy books by the foot, I probably think a thousand dollars is a good thing to spend on a pillow. It's oh true, and you can also buy them by the color, so you can have color coordinated oh bookshelves, and that that's, really offends me. That was just so. That's a sociopath. It's terrible. Like, I, I'm nervous for. I'm now. I will open every book in somebody's house to, to see if to they like check, are in the co- hookers like like expensive hookers well, sure call girls that's a good thing to check sex for. workers but also if i open the book if it's like empty i'll be like i'm gonna leave now thank you goodbye <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's one thing if you co- color coordinate the books that you've purchased because you want to read them but if you're yeah. just buying yes. them because the spines are a certain color i, I don't like that's who weird. are you yeah i also don't okay this is a very weird book uh, aesthetic side note i don't like those people who turn the books to while the pages are out for aesthetic who, do, who yeah. does that There's i have like seen that on the blog everywhere no, and yeah. that means you can't awful. see what book it is that's it's crazy. exactly what i'm saying it's crazy it's so dumb. unless you know your book so yeah. well i'm like that one's got 375 pages i know what book that is yeah but it's like okay those people who are doing books for design reasons and nothing else and then people who don't have books at all I'm running away from both of those people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's um, good. a good red flag. Form over function is not a design thing. It shouldn't be. It should be a functional aspect of it. Always. Come on, people. <laughs> and so he calls them out. Uh, then he goes to the office. And then he gets 
he finds out that oh he's got he he likes he likes the very expensive ladies. And then he looks on his computer and sees that he's got two accountants. One is for normal stuff, and one seems to be for some shady stuff. And he calls him up, sets up a fake meeting at a fancy restaurant, and gets Donna, who we now know, uh, to set up the, uh, the the place. And so, boom. Next thing you know, they're at the fancy restaurant. And then Joan calls him out for, uh, well, you, sh- you might not like all these rich-ass like Wall Street people, but you sure will spend my money. He's got that great bit about... It's like if I'm going to roll around with, uh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember the exact line. Basically, like if I'm going to like take a job from people that I hate, I'm going to make sure that they are, uh, they're poorer when I leave. Oh, yes. yes. Which is so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It's like that Robin Hood mentality. Yep. <laughs> which he uh, which he, it which on something very nice. He then proves it oh by like, like he, yes. the, the, the suddenly he walks up with a bottle of wine and goes like, that's great. And he goes like, she goes like, I don't care if it comes in a box. You're not drinking that. <laughs> and apparently the most Sir, expensive so bottle of the wine he has purchased on that company's dime to go to the nice, uh, like not very uh, well off couple in the corner who the young man is about to propose. He's like, so this is either going to be a congratulations or, or uh, condolences. And then you hear like later, yes, I will. And then you like. That made my heart. Yeah, so that was really cool. sweet. It's when you use your powers for good, <laughs> or use money for good, and your powers. So he's like double dipping on that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was really nice. And then then uh, the accountant shows up, and I love that moment where he's sitting there going like, "Hi, by the way, I lied. I'm not going to open an account. I want to ask you about the really expensive prostitutes, and if you don't tell me, I'm going to call all the newspapers and rat you out." <laughs> it's like just to the point. <laughs> yes. Honestly, he said something about private executive accounting and how it's not always legal. And I was trying to dig up something online about that. And I couldn't find anything because of shell really corporations. About it. It was, I guess uh, it's yeah. just covering up, you know, tax shelters well, or something. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because normally they're like offshore accounts, other places mm-hmm. um, that skirt around uh tax codes and laws in the u.s yeah which is how the, all that came out of what was it the one in the caribbean that came out a few the years Caymans? ago they like the yeah the the audit oh. that opened up all their books it was yeah. kind of like that yeah yeah and I, I i also looked up the term slush fund at, because of this conversation because I, you always hear that term and i never really knew what it meant but it just means a reserve of money used for illicit purposes especially political bribery or buying weapons. And, uh, uh, it's just a weird thing about my job. I guess I will publicize. We took back that name, yeah. and I uh, th- we have something called a slush fund, but it's called sustainable lush. And so we we raise money to give back to places instead of using it for illicit reasons. Oh, that's so we're trying cool. to reclaim that that term. So slush eventually will just mean or i don't just know like, like flexible, a, well, for flexible us, spending or a, like a, a reserve of cash used for sustainable reasons mm. like that's that's what they tried to they were trying to reclaim that that term seems like a weird hill to die on and trying to take that back i mean i feel i think fi- try to take everything I, back i figure so. the icy people <laughs> would have a ma- much bigger claim on it than you guys would who yes. icy slushies oh yeah. <laughs> A, a slush fund. Just yeah, a it's bunch. like I'm saving up my money to go buy ICs. I have a slush fund in my sock drawer. 
Yes. Oh slush budget. <laughs> I guess you could start writing slush fiction. You yeah. could. And it's all about vats of giant cherry mm-hmm. slush. People like doing it in them. <laughs> and then like brain freeze. <laughs> oh, my butthole's so cold. <laughs> The amount of sticky, yeah, sticky and cold. You know like what? Listen, I, just, I wonder. Yeah, I want to circle back for a second and point out the fact that as as far as if you have that much money, finding a secret place to hide your call girl book inside of another book, and the only book that looks like it's been read is that book. I I do think that this guy's secret kink is getting caught. <laughs> because that's what that he we, likes to be found out. He's like, oh, I'm a bad boy. You yeah, found out about my prostitutes. You, Sherlock named the book. It was it was a, a book by John Maynard Keynes, which no one is going to read. Even if they see that the <laughs> spine is cracked, no one is going to read a book about economics. Especially if you're in the financial industry, because that would be ridiculous. But, but that's like the most, yeah, that's the most pompous thing, right? Of like, ooh, I'm in economics. I need to read an economic book. But that's the only one I'm going to read. It's like, ha mm-hmm. I have all my hookers in an economics book because I like to fuck people with money. It would be too obvious to hide it in like Fifty Shades or something. Yeah, that would be a little. I mean, oh, like, come on. Also, yeah. let's have a separate conversation why you would have that book in your office. I, I had to look up uh, what his actual economic theory was because I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about it. And apparently, uh, I guess Wall Street bankers would like Keynes because he supported like bailouts in a sense, like government would. making sure everybody's. Like economic subsidies, yeah, yeah, for yeah. for corporations. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm probably butchering it, um, but apparently, after the Great Recession, people were starting to question whether his theories were kosher. I don't know. Hmm. This is not an economics podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're in the restaurant. He calls him out. He tells him. Uh, okay, fine. Don't call the post. Uh, let me tell you, it's uh, like, this is what I do. This is how I take care of his stuff. And then he says, well, where would he be if we wanted to find him because of all of your illicit activities? And he's like, I have apartment leased under the dummy corporation. And so then we go, and now we have another uh, ridiculous example of wealth because this amazing apartment and like, mm-hmm. you know, Manhattan, just like massive ceilings and beautiful layout. And it's just perfect, Gorgeous. except for the dead guy in the middle of the living room. <laughs> With a needle yep, in his they arm. They found him. Yeah. They found him. Mm-hmm. He is dead, and he has yeah. apparently died of a pretty intense a drug overdose. And and also, they gained access to the building. Oh, yeah. Because it's <laughs> terrible. Sherlock terrible New York accent. A cop. <laughs> Yo, this is Detective. We're trying to get up to G2. We have a warrant to search the premises. And even Jones, like, that is a terrible American accent. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just, it's, she's like, we don't have a warrant. And he's like, it's cool. They never check. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good point. That's a problem. The only oh, people that ask to see the warrant are the people that are guilty. <laughs> you got a warrant to search the premises because I can't let you in otherwise? Like, oh, they go, oh, I'm going to jail. You do. I'm going to jail. And also, we find out that Sherlock accepted, uh, like, he went on Joan's phone and answered a text. <laughs> also Aaron. a breach of etiquette. Oh, my etiquette. God. Uh, yes. Another, um, I don't know what you want to call it, breach of privacy or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Aaron had asked her out on a date and Sherlock's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you seem to like him. 
So I like her line. Mm-hmm. I like her line about uh, he's like we're like of the same mind of like you know we you we both think you find him attractive, and she said like like you you don't have the same mind on how I feel about something, and I was like that was a nice little moment. It's like it's, yeah, you tell him, Joan. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, she always puts him in his place. So then we get the cops there, and everyone's like, "Well, it's a suicide. He's obviously got heroin in his in his arm. It sucks." And then, then Sherlock's having a minute, and then he has a, he has a he has a moment of like obviously Joan gets up real close is like because of your situation you can't even say the drug he's on because it might trigger a relapse, and mm-hmm. and it's almost like we forget about that why she's there until like she makes it known why she's there because mm-hmm. something like he doesn't ever seem to have an issue with substances like he's he's like fine I'll take a test I I just need to do this thing she's the only one really hammering this whole like addiction thing home. Which it's a job well, to do nobody so. Nobody else knows, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's also like it's her job to do it, but this is probably obviously not her first rodeo with somebody like this. So maybe I'm of two minds. One, um, something happened in her past that she did get lax on somebody, and something bad happened. Mm. Or two, something happened in his past where somebody got lax on him, and something happened to him. Mm. And so she's going very hard in the paint about this. Sort of a combination. She was a surgeon and then something happened and one of her patients died on the table. And as a response, she quit being a doctor and decided to be a uh, a, a, a sober companion. So she's... She doesn't want anybody else to So she's taking it to the paint Mm -hmm. because she's a very, very diligent because she doesn't want it to slip up. And, you know, obviously the more she's with this guy, the more she likes him, even though he's an insufferable Mm -hmm. piece of shit sometimes. Yeah, she's... Uh, she's such a conscientious person um but in scenes like this i sometimes sympathize with sherlock because doesn't it annoy you when somebody's constantly like are you okay are, yeah. are you feeling all right like i just it's like hey, hey do you yeah, want to do you want to use drugs do you want to use drugs please hey do you want to use drugs <laughs> like are you offering yeah. what are you doing i guess but like also at the same turn it's like you're in the same room as like a drug that you really enjoyed doing Maybe he only just yes. kind of liked it. It's and it's like, well, uh, he only just kind of liked heroin. Yeah, he just yeah. Liked, I yeah. don't think I don't think there's a way you can only kind of like heroin. <laughs> I think it's either you don't like it or like. What if you dead. try it and you're like, mm-hmm. no, it's not for me. It's cool. It's not like smoking weed. What if it is though? Not, and I'm, the only people we ever hear I, about are the people no. that get addicted to it. I don't know, man. I'm sure there are some statistics. Uh, you can die on there. that hill by yourself. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't think there's any <laughs> drug out there that is 100. percent Like, if you try it, you will never not want to do it again. I've done ecstasy yeah, before. It, it was a person. great experience. I haven't done it since then. What ecstasy? Yeah. Yeah, but you also there's. It's not just about the drug. It's about the human who does it. What their willpower looks like, and if they have an an addictive personality. There's something about the way he talks about his time as as an addict. It makes it seem like, well, I did it because I I, I there was a time when I felt like I needed that, and then I sort uh-huh. of moved past that, and now I don't anymore. But everybody in my family and now like thinks that like assumes that the next time I like have a bad day, I'm going to shoot up and I'm going to die of an, o- I'm an OD. So they bring mm-hmm. Joan in and give her this entire, like very colored backstory. I'm like, yeah, you really need to take care of this because he is, he is just, they make it sound like he is like two steps from just jumping into the uh, train spotting world again. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's part of his character. He has that hubris that he obviously thinks he's, you know, he has this incredible intellectual faculty that he thinks he can be in control of himself. But, you know, it's partly Joan's job to make him understand he has to follow this program. Yeah. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how mm-hmm. much you can talk yourself out of it. It won't change that addiction and emotion don't make sense. Um, yeah, I like this scene where they it's so subtle that I think I'm only noticing it because I've watched the show like four times. But um, they're starting to hint at Sherlock's backstory and uh, Jones beginning to like needle at him trying to um get a glimpse into mm-hmm. his backstory because you he, he says something in that scene like um heroin addicts are trying to what does he does he use the word escape he said like they're trying to numb like the that. world or numb their feelings yes. Yeah. yeah yes well escape into the oblivion that's it yeah because yes. everything's too intense and yeah. you know she kind of I think later she asks him about it and he deflects. But this is going to slowly build over the course of really the first season. Um, and you'll get like more and more of an idea of like what's behind Sherlock's addiction and his emotional issues. Um, so can't wait to get there with you guys. Anyway, <laughs> go on the journey. <laughs> well, now we're on act two. So take it away, Allison. Let's see. Where do we leave off? Uh, finding him dead in the apartment. <laughs> oh, yes. No, casually. So. It would be great if he said, like, that is not from Ikea. <laughs> what? The needle? <laughs> no, the, the dead guy. Oh. <laughs> no, in that apartment, be more like design Less within down. reach or. Yeah. <laughs> like I love the design within reach is like, of who? Because <laughs> yeah, this couch right? is $10,000. <laughs> What's what what reach are we what 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 what's the what's the arm span of the people we're talking about here? Because this is the most comfortable couch I've ever sat on. It is ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I feel bad for sitting on a couch that costs this much. I've never even sat on a design within reach couch, so I don't know. The this one they had at uh, South Park Mall, uh, right near uh, uh, Cowfish. Back in the day. Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah. That's and like right. you walked they in there. Built... I think I walked in there one time because I was waiting for my table. And there was like a couch in there. And I sat down. I'm like, oh, my God. This is the most comfortable <laughs> black leather couch I've ever seen ever. And I look at the price tag and I'm like, and I need to get off this fucker right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all right. They just one upped it and built this gigantic like uh, restoration hardware over mm. there. Oh. That's like four stories a store full of muted beige mm-hmm. and gray creams creamy yep, beige it looks like a store painted by bailey's <laughs> oh now it sounds delicious mm. okay you've right <laughs> have you ever drunk bailey's from a shoe <laughs> that's the only way to drink mm-hmm. bailey's um okay so uh let's see joan thinks they've basically solved the case like we found him and he's dead um but Sherlock is, he thinks he was ne- murdered. Yeah, it's never, it's never, it's never, it's never, that. it's never like, <laughs> no, oh yeah, well, you know what? Simple. This show is 20 minutes long. Cool. See you next time. Yeah. And we get, we get a little bit of Detective Bell in this episode, but not a He was not so. in this movie. He was like, he had like he, two scenes, like this in. one and the next yeah. one. And that was it. Yeah. He, he's going to be around a lot more. Um, but so 
Detective Bell is like, well, he's holding the needle that he injected himself with. And Sherlock says, um, look around at this apartment. Does it look like a hardcore heroin addict lives here? Then everything is clean. He opens the fridge and it's, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It, no, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's it looks fridge. like oh, all those no. like pre-made movie like videos, like, like not videos, just like meals. I'm like, <laughs> for one, who eats that much food? That's going to go bad within like three days if it's as fresh as you're saying it okay, is. Okay, but like the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, but the organization. Still. The organization and it's all cold. is inspiring. It's and very inspiring, but nobody's fridge. No looks one like can. That. Yeah, no. I mean, only if you have a staff. <laughs> Obviously, he did not. Yeah. The only time meals. a fridge looks like that is in a biohazard <laughs> unit. Like, whoop, oh, I grabbed the bowl instead of my lunch. <laughs> oh my god! No, it's like gold fridge organization. Goals. Oh, goals. Yes. Looks t- goals. Like there's nothing. Nothing. It didn't look appetizing. It was just like. Mm, yep here's all my tupperware foods with my labels on them probably got them from some sort of like mail service that just pre-makes all my food well that's what i actually thought like maybe he was on a healthy diet or something one of those um he was uh, to to compensate his rampant sexual addiction to prostitutes (laughs) well he's gotta stay in shape well you know i gotta eat healthy just in case i I get the syphilis well he has to keep his stamina up uh, <laughs> well, and it's not just about them being like straight up prostitutes. Like, if he wants to go out and see and be seen, like he obviously needs to keep keep up with all of appearances. Again, he probably yeah. can afford to go out all the time. I don't know why he has that much food in his you know little bang palace. Bang bang <laughs> <His> bang palace. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> um. So. Sherlock, he notices there's a con- like an open container of salad on the counter, and he's his wheels are turning. He's starting to kind of like put together all the pieces, and he's talking like, okay, someone would have had to incapacitate uh, Peter before injecting him with that final dose of heroin. So how would you do that? The fastest way to deliver like the fastest delivery mechanism would be through the stomach so also he was like and any other drugs you use would show up on a talk screen so it has to be something that won't you know what when what would that would probably be heroin yeah it's a coordinated yeah (laughs) it's a coordinated set uh, a heroin salad and a heroin injection and um you know the detective bell's kind of scoffing at it and Sherlock's like, what do you have to lose? Just test it. It's easy enough to tell. It is weird when people so, like, like, will stonewall him for something that is literally just, all right, just put it in a bag and just go make sure that just, just to be safe. It's like, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're acting like a bad cop right now. Don't do that. Yeah, I think that's like applicable to so much in life. Yeah. Where, the like, easiest the, answer the is the one you want to go with. And then you will die yeah. on that hill. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's the easy answer. Yeah. Even though it's 99% of the time the wrong answer, at least in movies. Yeah. Exactly. If it just if it if the cost is low, explore it. You know. But um, they they're getting ready to go talk to the Peter, the dead man's wife, and Sherlock wants to go, but Gregson's like, "You don't talk," because um, already Sherlock considers her a suspect, and he's like, "You can watch, but uh, you don't get to ask questions." So they're in the room with Mrs. Talbert, the widow. And of course, Sherlock breaks the rule uh, and, you know, they're kind of sitting in the corner and he starts asking her where she was. 
uh, when her I husband feel like, died. I feel like that's piss poor on his part too because he's acting exactly like the cops did in the apartment right so like Mm -hmm. they were quick to jump to the easiest conclusion Mm -hmm. and everybody knows the easiest conclusion after obviously like them just saying he he killed himself was oh the wife did it or the husband did it like he's very quick to do the same thing i I think it was more Um, about he wanted he he listen he knows the hierarchy of like all right obviously it's not a suicide next we have a murder Okay, next logical step is like the person who like would be emotionally impacted by the fact that he was really into having sex with prostitutes. So we're going to go with the what. And I don't think he was like wanting to jump to her. What he wanted to do was to find out one way or the other. And the best way to do that was to get her alibi. And so he was like, mm, where were you? He was a dick about it, obviously. And this, his <laughs> yeah, bedside manner needs so much to be desired. But he was. Yeah, it's like three things. It's like <laughs> you, uh, her husband died. He was having sex with a plethora of uh, sex workers <laughs> and he was potentially doing drugs as well. It's like, even without this whole heroin thing, like he was probably like doing Coke and stuff like on the side. And he's, yeah. And yeah stuff, he's a wall street guy. He's probably like just doing maybe. rails out of belly buttons, baby belly buttons. That's a baby bump. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring your own baby though. He doesn't get the, he doesn't have his own baby. Oh my God. Yes. All of the above. So, this poor lady. Yeah. But from a psychological yeah, aspect, actually it, it is, if you sort of like throw like something who's in a bit of an emotional, like, like deep end like that and say like, where were the other night? And their response is kind of like, Oh, I don't know. It's kind of like, all right, well, she's having an, a legitimate response to a traumatic, uh, like loss. She's grieving. I get it. She's like, she's like, you know what? I am shocked, but I'm not surprised that response, you know, like mm-hmm. immediately you're like, she mm-hmm. didn't do this. Like, she, she's a good she's, yeah. a she's a good lady she didn't do this but like sort of yeah. pulling her over those emotional coals is a great way to sort of like crack open those barriers and see if like there's anything behind them or if it's just why are you talking like this you're freaking me out then like all right you're probably okay because yes i am freaking you out on purpose i mean unless i mean it's always possible that gregson had a plan and that they didn't want to <laughs> show their hand to the suspect quote unquote suspect like if she was a suspect maybe they wanted to uh approach it gently not let on that they suspected her uh maybe she was a flight risk or something like that i don't think that was the case i think i honestly Mm -hmm. think gregson was just trying to uh, be kind to this recently (laughs) widowed woman and uh she honestly she is very um composed for someone Mm -hmm. who just lost her husband, like she's very well dressed, and uh, but I I find that a lot on TV. You don't see people go into pieces um, as much right after their spouse dies or something. I guess it's because they just need people to deliver the exposition. Yeah. Or the and there's also like you know point. like they said she this he she said specifically like he told me he'd quit. So part of her is like oh really. Like, mm. you know, it sucks that you're dead, but, like, you're you're kind of an asshole. You know, there's got to be a little bit of anger there mm-hmm. with, with, with his, like, recurring yeah. predilections, which are, like, obviously put him in a situation where he was exposed to something, which at this point, thinking it could be suicide, and, like, well, you know what? You probably wouldn't have OD'd on heroin if you weren't spending six figures on slappers. <laughs> well, and also, they were, the, the um, 
And Donna, the secretary, said earlier in the episode that the office refers to them as the uh, Taylor and Burton of the of the company. And I was thinking, like, that's not really a positive comparison. Yeah, that's a bad couple. That's a very bad couple. <laughs> I mean, even if you, you know, it's possible they were, like, soulmates or whatever, but they it didn't end happily. It ended badly twice. Yeah. So the wife says... Uh, her husband had been really stressed out about work. He hadn't been COO for that long, um, but he was very overwhelmed. And he used to joke that um, the last guy up and died just to get out of going to work. Which, right there, like, hmm, that's suspicious, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Red flag, red flag. And so Sherlock seizes on that, obviously. And he said, well, excuse me, another COO died? And it turns out that he had a peanut allergy and he got some peanut oil in his food at a restaurant and died. I don't know that. I feel like that's so. <laughs> I feel like that's a really lazy way to write that in. Oh, he died peanut of peanuts. Oil? Yeah. I don't know why, but anytime I hear like a like an allergy and then a, oops, somebody just sprinkled that shit in. I'm like. Yeah, Could we have gotten slightly more creative with this, or did it have to just be like this poor schmuck lost to his own allergy? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know anyone with a deadly food allergy, but I assume they would have. Uh, you know, Jerry McCurr is deadly allergic to cantaloupe. Oh, really? No, I didn't know I, that. I, yeah, that was like a running joke forever because cantaloupe, like, will actually literally kill him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my mom has a shrimp allergy. Mm, like it's a really allergy, a like deadly one. Really yeah. yeah. Does she carry an EpiPen? But no. Uh, she just doesn't eat any fish at all anymore. So mm. she just avoids everything altogether. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's tricky, though, because certain, I mean, certain cuisines have like fish sauce or um, mm-hmm. oyster sauce well, or something. She's not very adventurous, mm. so that's probably a positive for her. Oh. <laughs> but she eats cantaloupe, yeah. though. Yeah. She does. I mean, I guess it's possible that, um, you know, even if you had an EpiPen on you, uh, you may not get to it in time if your allergy was severe enough. But um, do you guys know uh, Jason Mantzoukas, the actor yeah. and comedian? Zooks. He's allergic to eggs. Yeah. He's allergic to and eggs? He, yeah. Huh. And he has been since he was a kid. And I've heard him talk about it in interviews. It really affected his... Um, his relationship with food, because food is scary. Mm-hmm. Eggs are in everything. Um, so he has to be really careful, but that's interesting. I had a roommate in college that was allergic to eggs, and the three of us in the, well, four of us total in the apartment, she had to have her own separate fridge to put it in her room because we could still have eggs, mm-hmm. right? And so we had eggs in the in the um, regular fridge, and so she would put most of her food in her own fridge because wow. it was just it was that severe. But the eggs are in shells. And we would all, she allergic just to the shells? Even coming it into did, contact it, with it. It was just like super severe for her, and so we had to warn her when we were like making scrambled eggs and like stuff oh. like that, and like really clean the apartment very well. And yeah, mm. I just say natural selections looking yeah. for those people. <laughs> no. I mean, come on. No. Just saying. No. <laughs> no. If your allergy's that bad. Oh, Lord. I can't have an uh, egg. Well, <laughs> nice knowing you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even have a response for that. 
so there, there are studies that say that like people with really intense allergies are actually like becoming more sensitive to the environment and and they are sort of like ushering in like a new evolutionary phase of humanity because of that and i'm like i don't know if that's the way we want to go mm. becoming more and more sensitive yeah like if everything is like oh you know what that 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 food thing can kill me like well I, that's okay but I guess the conversation would be like, why is it specific that there's a large swath of a population that has a specific allergy to something? Mm -hmm. So like a lot of people have the peanut allergy, right? Mm -hmm. Why? Is there some reason we should be uh, fearful of peanuts uh, in any way? It is weird. I mean, I have celiac disease, so I can't have wheat or gluten, which it's not um, like a deadly reaction. But mm-hmm. if I continued eating it, it would slowly kill me, like, over the course yeah. of years and years. But uh, it's just a genetic autoimmune thing. I don't know. Next time we'll have an allergist on the podcast. Yeah, like, right? talk, to, talk to us <laughs> about your uh, feelings on, like, like deadly allergies. Yeah. So uh, we cut to Sherlock back at, at the brownstone, and he's on the phone talking in Mandarin. Like you do. And... Yeah, just, I mean, of course, it's like, what else is, what can't he do? Um, And uh, Joan comes in and sees him and she's like, you speak Mandarin? And yeah, so. He has a great, he's like, um, yeah, not as much as, not as well as I'd like. It's like, do you? It's like, she's like, not as well as my mother would like. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good little back and forth. (laughs) So it turns out he was talking to the chef that cooked the meal at the restaurant where, um, the previous COO died from the peanut allergy and it, the, it was a restaurant that he frequented and specifically like knew the chef and trusted them with his allergy. And the chef insisted that he did not slip up and use the wrong oil in his food. So Sherlock is developing an MO at this point. And and do we, we're, if anybody is listening to this, they're probably they know what an MO is, but just in case, it's modus operandi in Latin, and it means basically... How you do things. The way you do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So um, he's he's developing this theory that their MO is kill someone, make it look like an accident. And, uh, and then kind of, I don't know, Sherlock's sitting at a table tinkering with some junk, and he gets frustrated, and, and Joan is checking in with him, trying to recall that conversation they had about the trigger of seeing the guy with the needle in his arm and the heroin in the room and he does admit that the smell brought back memories but he dodges her questions he doesn't really want to talk about it and then she's gonna stay home from her date uh but he insists that she go he's kind of like if i really wanted to do drugs i could just slip out the window whether you were here or not (laughs) she'd probably go it's cool He's like a rambunctious teenager. Like I'll just do it anyway. It's that's fine. What, that's yeah, one of those moments where I'm like, that's why her really leaning so hard into his like possible like relapse is 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 kind of feels like disingenuous at times because if he wanted to do drugs, he is smart enough to figure out how to do drugs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then that could be a part of the show. But the fact that he chooses to, even though he has 
more than enough. He has the money and he has the, the the intellect to like figure out how to make it happen. And he chooses not to. That's I mean that's again give the guy a break. Mm-hmm. I understand that's what she's being paid to do, and so she has to do her job. And and he understands that because I feel like if he didn't, yeah. then he would be way more inclined to snap at her and tell her to leave him alone. And like you know, he was trying to get rid of her at first because like I don't need you, but she's like I'm here whether you want me here or not because you can't fire me that sort of thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like it, I'm not, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen this far into, uh, maybe like a little bit farther than this. I just, it, if they dial back on that a little bit, that'd be fine. Cause I feel like it might, it's like a, it's, yeah. it does give interesting moments. Cause it's like to circle back to the the moment in the, uh, in the apartment where he's like kind of sitting there, like watching and like, kind of like chewing on his nails and shaking his hands. They make his, they make his need to like figure something out, mirror what someone in withdrawal looks like. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like very shaky, gonna, junky, like like very junky habits about like I need like I need to find the, yeah like very twitchy. Mm-hmm. He, like he he is a junkie for the, the for the mystery, for the story, for the clue, for the next step, and and that's where and I think that's why he would never really relapse as long as he has us in his life because. He had that's that's what his high is. His high is figuring this out. He replaced. Yeah, it. he just found mm-hmm. another thing to replace heroin. Yeah, yeah. He has this this brain that won't stop. So he's constantly he it constantly needs something to work at. So then we see Joan and Aaron after their dinner date, and they're walking down the street. And Joan is joking about what I believe. I, I have I had it pause on that exact scene. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I, I I'm yeah. with Joan. I do not think foam is a food group. I think it's a Mm-mm. side effect. I oh god oh yeah. I wanted to talk about this because I don't particularly care for the texture of foam in general. But if you're then foaming other foods as if you're gonna serve me a a, a fillet or something with all this other shit and it's got like a lavender foam on top and it's going to cost me a hundred dollars just take off the foam and charge me forty dollars for the steak come on i i i I, actually i linked to this interesting article about foam and its trendiness over the years molecular gastronomy and all that messiness yes it, it did have a moment and i think i don't know this um it was a New York Times article, and you can like click on it and see pictures of like a foam pair. Um, I yeah, I mean, do your thing, whatever. If you're a chef, but I just personally, it's not my favorite. Let's not make it a mainstream thing. It can be a part of like niche restaurant, like mm-hmm. like chef chefs making art with food like mm-hmm. i get that whole concept of like this is their outlet their creative outlet that's cool do do push the envelope don't make everybody eat it uh but the article is interesting because it talked about sort of the history of foam and how um you know back in the 1700s people discovered meringue basically like that you could whip egg whites and that's a version of yeah. foam you know and it's just evolved over time how long until um, we have so a a, a pie that has a beef bourguignon meringue on top of it you know it's like know. oh who has good, savory actually. meringues on their <laughs> scorecard I, oh there we go <laughs> yeah I, okay if you make that, I'll try. Okay. Like, oh, <laughs> let me bust out my chicken stock. I'm going to make some savory uh, meringues. Your chicken stock and your like CO2 uh, siphon and just yeah, like. I'll just like start at it. 
<laughs> so he he kind of slyly asks her out for another date, and it's like it, they're vibing, they're it, they're hitting it off, and then um, I, I had a I had a moment, I had a moment, I had a moment where he was like. She's like, yeah, I should take you out with something more sustenance. And she's like, no, I think I'm good. And he's like, no, you're not getting my point. And I'm like, that is such a dick thing to say. And like, you don't <laughs> Did need he to say those words. He said like, yeah, you're, you, you missed, you're missing my point or something like that. And, and it's like, it's, I thought he was being self-deprecating saying he was being too subtle. No, he was saying like, no, 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 no. I'm being subtle and stealthy and you completely did not pay attention to what I was saying. And now I'm going to explain <laughs> it to you with detail. Actually. What I was saying was I should take you out again. And, I, and I'm like, listen, there's so many other... Allison, I I think we got blinded because he's cute. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm calling him out. I'm like, no, sorry. Maybe. I've already, like, that was <laughs> third strike already. We, we're about to get to the fourth strike, but fifth. <laughs> I thought there's maybe about six strikes by the time it's all said and done. Oh, yes. That's how we got to the... They got to the topic of marriage because he said, uh, you know, how what a great date it had been and how most of his dates lately is just the person complaining about their ex-husband and mm-hmm. she was like well i've never been married have you and then he says no and immediately looks away and i remember the first time i watched this i did not really i wasn't sure like what went down but i didn't catch that he was lying this mm-hmm. has been many years ago when it first came out um but now when i watch it i'm like i guess it's obvious I don't know. Did you guys pick up on that in the in the first viewing? I don't know if it was like his what his said, but like there's like about the way she responded, like immediately. Mm. And then when when he was like, "Well, this was this was fun," like I said, and then he like <laughs> make, makes that like, uh, "I'm gonna kiss you face," and I'm like, "Stop it! Why you women have to look at him? Sorry, oh, it's gross." It's like, oh, skims, yeah, skims for sugar, in. mama. Um, oh God! Yeah, yeah. and, and, and she, she hits him with the handshake. <laughs> yeah, the handshake. <laughs> I love it. I said, uh, I said, like, yeah, I, uh, I love handshake, Joan. Just super professional. Yeah, like, well, it was nice like, to meet you. And I understand, like, if she kind of, I didn't, I didn't get that at first. I'm like, oh, maybe she's just sort of like not being there emotionally, and she's not ready for that, and that sucks mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they do seem to have chemistry, even though he's a mansplaining weirdo. Yeah, I, I was. When I first watched it, I didn't get what she was picking up on. But then she goes back to the brownstone and she finds Sherlock looking at one of those evidence collages that all detective shows are required to have. The, the red string yeah. thing. <laughs> yes. The crazy wall. The crazy wall. And uh, this is actually a pretty sedate crazy wall. I've seen, yeah. you know, they'll they'll have bigger ones, but... Um, and they they're talking he's like looking at possible suspects and joan says that she thinks aaron was lying about being married and admits she probably wouldn't have noticed anything before she started working with sherlock but now she's starting mm-hmm. to pick up on things and um so he just whips out his phone and is like well let's find out and and she says no 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 i'm not a, a cyber stalker listen <laughs> you got to you got to do it man well there's I'm glad- never a moment where you shouldn't do it I'm glad to hear you say that because I was going to check in with and see what you guys thought because I'm with Sherlock on this. Uh, he's doing a cursory internet search. He's not doing a full background check. All you got to do is like, like, do they have any outstanding warrants? Are they showing up any most wanted lists? Like, this is the person. And I also want to point out the fact that he looks up, a, it seems like a relatively generic name on a date oh, on, like on a site or that probably doesn't yeah. have a photo. 
So, uh, what was it? Uh, Aaron Ward, Ward in New yeah. York City. There's got to be a thousand of those. That's like yeah. that seems like pretty pretty shaky logic to be like, nope, he's married. Um, well, I don't know. Okay, possibly. so I I I am of the mind knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have, the less you can be blindsided by things. Mm-hmm. Got to keep your head on a swivel. So I I'm 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 all for this. I am too. I mean, I think especially as a woman, you just uh, you, you don't want to go in blind and safer that way i don't think she hasn't like invaded his privacy i don't think because it's publicly it's available public record mm-hmm. so yeah anyway um i'm glad you guys agree with me on that but he finds out that she that he is currently married and joan's kind of shocked but then uh they're interrupted that with a message from the nypd lab saying that the salad did test positive for heroin so which is really funny because um, when he said that like i got the results back for peter talbert salad and the way he <laughs> delivered it for a second i thought it said peter tossing salad <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wait what hold on <laughs> the results are in peter knows how to toss a salad yeah apparently he likes it with ranch <laughs> <laughs> or scrambled eggs toss salad and scrambled eggs yeah you know he hears his blues of calling. Oh God! But yeah, so, so yeah, turns out yeah, he's it, uh, you know, he he was dosed. So we know that there's someone who was trying to kill. They that killed him. Yeah, I mean, it seems I don't. I've never heard of a heroin addict who ate their heroin instead of injecting or smoking it. I mean, I guess anything's possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't um, think stomach is the most efficient delivery method. It is directly either to the lungs or to the bloodstream. There's because there's a breakdown process and i just looked it up earlier because uh sherlock was saying a second ago that he he feels that like one of the things that was like really triggering for him was the fact that he forgot what cooked heroin smells like and i was like yeah what does cooked heroin smell like i'm like i like you guys probably don't know unless you're question keeping a secret so um i googled (laughs) it and apparently um like the general consensus is because of the chemicals used to like process it it has sort of like a vinegary smell which oh, makes sense why you would want to mix it with salad dressing, but that's a deep cut knowledge it, on the part of the the, the murderer. It'd be like, oh, I'm going to mix it in with this vinaigrette because heroin smells like vinegar. Somebody knows their yeah. drugs. That's yeah, weird. interesting. Um, I wonder if it has a taste too. Maybe he because he clearly didn't finish it, but I don't know. It tastes like um, unicorn semen. Maybe he just thought it was like bad salad dressing, and he stopped eating it. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like it would take effect that quickly, but who knows? So Sherlock decides he's going to go back to Ken and Ebersol, even though his engagement with them is, is technically over. He's like, no, I'm going to go tell them there's probably a murder at their company and they're going to want me to find him. So they go, <laughs> we cut to Sherlock in, back in the conference room at Ken and Ebersol, giving this very polished macabre... Very polished PowerPoint presentation. Presentation about all of these executives who have died um, in kind of horrific accidents over the years. And he tells them he thinks that these were not actually accidents. There's some kind of sociopathic murderer in their midst. What's what's the original guy's name? Jim Fowkes. Yeah. Yeah. He uses that great line delivery, though, and he goes like, uh, so-and-so 
got a $5 million bonus in 2009. It was a great way you delivered it. It was just like, yeah, you guys are not doing something right. If everyone else was losing their homes and you're passing out $5 million bonuses, something's oh, not damn. right. I didn't even pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, there was that a great, good. just this is a little like, uh, he got a $5 million bonus in 2009. It was just hitting all the moments. I'm like, we know, we get it. Fuck you, Wall Street. We got it. Yeah, yeah, it's a big old middle finger. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but Jim, the guy who originally hired him is like, it's not possible because the guy, the only person who was in all of these places where those various executives died at those times is me. <laughs> that's always like, that's no. always like a really good indicator that it's not you if you're gonna flat out say you know what i'm the only person who really fits this pattern and it's not me mm-hmm. although we'll point out I that mean, uh that holmes used to use the phrase uh crimes of opportunity mm. and it, like in this whole like breakdowns like someone is utilizing these like you know gas leak because even though there was never anything ever about these pipes before and this guy was a lifeguard mm-hmm. in college and this, uh, the first one, um, how did he die? Oh, the peanut allergy guy. Uh, uh, and and oh, right. he used that like term, like, like those are like, in order to make some, like crime of opportunity is when like, you're in a subway and like, you see, see the train coming in and you push somebody in front of the train and make it look like an accident or, or you know, somehow like that, you mm-hmm. see them walking across the street and you're like, and you hit them with your car. Crime, th- these are very premeditated, very complicated. Yeah. In order to make it look like an accident, like I got to somehow tamper with the gas lines in your house or somehow mm-hmm. slip in. These are like Mission Impossible level infiltrations <laughs> to kill. These are assassination levels. Like that's just the wrong phrase to use, like completely. Well, it's yeah. also like it's also like uh, he mentioned that this person was a sociopath. So like it's very like premeditated, very thought out. Like this person has an this narrative going in their brain that there needs to be an end game that they want to reach. I think they're what he, he's pointing out the fact that they take they choose their victims based on like like something that is in very much their own mindset of like, well, this person is in my way, so I'm going to have them. I'm going to kill them. But but the use, well, yeah, but there has using to be. the term crime of opportunity is just like that's not what these are. These are very premeditated, uh, Rube Goldbergian almost murder mm-hmm. plots. Yeah, it seems like the maybe the thing he's referring to as an opportunity is that they're looking for an existing um, access point, like a, a like weakness a stair step. or like the allergy or also he's like oh something. so somehow this person has gained access to this guy's super secret hooker hooker vault and got got in there. <laughs> Fixed him a salad, waited for him to eat it till he fell asleep, fell asleep in the chair, or dragged him to the chair as, as he demonstrated, and then happened to shoot him up with enough heroin to kill him. That's a, there's mm-hmm. a, so many steps to that, mm-hmm. so many steps. Yeah, that's a very orchestrated opportunity. That's not a naturally occurring yeah. opportunity at all. Um, if I had to look up sociopath versus versus psychopath because it's something i always wonder about and i've probably googled mm-hmm. it about 10 times and i never remember what the difference is because the, the differences, are, differences they're more subtle than mm-hmm. i realized um do you think we have time to talk about that yeah, why not? we're going long okay um it kind of sounds like a sociopath is a little closer to like a, a normally functioning person whereas a psychopath has no 
uh, they have no connections to other people, like no emotional connections. They don't feel, um, whereas a sociopath might have some empathy or sympathy for other people. A psychopath has none. Um, so that it sounds like they're, they're also a lot better more dangerous. at masking. A sociopaths are better at masking. Yeah, because mm. they're more normal. They don't fixate about things as. It's more about. I think sociopathy is more of a of an absence of of empathy, like mm-hmm. so everything is on the table. There's nothing that they won't do because they don't see human beings as deserving of their emotional capital because they don't have any. So so they're yeah, so they're but- they're more likely to. Um, like be able to execute such very cold and callous behavior. So you can have so many levels of sociopath on and very functioning aspects, like, you know, like bankers, as they say, and like people like certain doctors are like sociopaths because they're like, they're much more interested in the things that they do versus the people they're doing them to. Yeah. But it's also like I, the, the more dangerous sociopaths to me are obviously the people who can mask the greatest so you pick up on um, your surrounding emotional responses and literally mm-hmm. just mimic them yeah. um, as you see fit to get what you want. This is all the true crime podcasts that I've listened to. <laughs> and every every true crime everything in the history of I I'm a true crime person, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, a murderino, but not necessarily a true crime yeah. person. Do you so, have the same I mean, t shirt, Allison? I'm both. Oh my god! Do not bring that t-shirt up. What t-shirt? I have, oh, an, MF, I have an MFM yeah, t-shirt. That's that I wear on Zoom with them, and they make fun of me all the time. Why would you make fun of that? It's a great podcast. It's also a god, very popular first... sexual combination. Oh, because it was their first. Yeah, it was their first generation of merch. Well, so all, when all you see is MFM on, on it, you don't think my favorite murder. Well, that's what I Unless think. Unless you're a murderino. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah ssdgm um yes <laughs> so the, the psychological psych, psychology today article says um sociopaths are characterized by volatile behavior patterns they often demonstrate emotional outbursts and lack of self-control but they can form attachments to other individuals and in general enjoy being around other people although they have no regard for rules put in place by society so a psychopath they lack empathy and therefore feel no remorse when causing harm to another individual. Uh, yeah, it's like what you said. Their actions are often pre-planned and the crimes that they commit are highly organized and meticulous. Um, and they're usually deemed more dangerous than sociopaths because they show no remorse for their actions due to their lack of empathy. Um, but they are both attributed under the same disorder, um, mm-hmm. antisocial personality disorder which i thought was interesting you hear those terms used interchangeably so much so i I think it it was i was glad to actually get some clarification on that even though if you ask me the difference in a week from now i might not remember i guess my my like my question would be like this is obviously just a general question that i'm gonna throw into like the ether uh <laughs> if they're all falling under the same psychological disorder can you go on a sliding scale and you start as a sociopath and slide to psychopath in your lifetime well what i read said there is a scale but not between the two the there's mm-hmm. a scale between uh like for testing for psychopathy where yeah it's like a zero to 40 
scale and you can it actually they said that almost everyone will answer yes to some of the questions on the test but um and even like people in the they are not on the scale but are like still a little higher they're called almost psychopaths and there's a book by that name called almost psychopaths and the the percentage of people in the population i think it was like there's a 10 percent of the population is psych- almost. Like technically a psychopath and then 15 um, percent are almost that's a lot of people so there's it's there's a lot 25 percent of people on the planet are almost or are it's what that's it sounds wild. like yeah yeah um, and it, and obviously not all of them are murderers. Uh, there are others are wreaking havoc in different ways, <laughs> I guess. In the banking well, yeah. and system. Also, but, but you know. There's a difference exactly. because a psychopathy is like a genetic thing and sociopath is is more of a, mm-hmm. a environmental thing. So I think that usually yeah. environmental triggers are what sort of like, so, you know, you have like the, the, you could have mm-hmm. like maybe a, a, a psychopathic trait in your system and then are exposed to sociopathic upbringing and that just that's like perfect storm of like a serial killer Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know usually those those all coming that's why we don't have as many serial killers as like we probably could i guess because we do have i mean we have a terrible healthcare system but you know just the addressing like the mental illness in children is is what kind of like short circuits that well yeah Mm -hmm. and johnny you know this from listening to mfm especially in the earlier seasons of that podcast they would note like wait a minute all of these serial killers have head injuries um like starting from a a young age there was like the big three and slowly psychology has started debunking some of them um it was like uh childhood trauma Mm. like of, of like head trauma wetting the bed oh was another one um like chronic wetting the bed because of abuse that was another like trigger sign that they they saw like a lot of correlation with Hmm. in the like as as kids they would wet the bed later into their lives like 12 versus like you doing it at like six or seven um and then obviously like starting out killing small things oh yeah or like torturing small like animals Mm. or something like that like all of that was that was like the big three things that they mentioned before i know like psychology is starting to like debunk some of them but it's still all like a trauma-based response because Mm -hmm. when all the serial killers like blew up it was at a time that mental health was not talked about at all it was a taboo subject to even like broach Mm -hmm. so i do attribute like yes our healthcare system is trash but we're doing, we're trying to be better in some respects. So I feel like that's why they might have lessened. Yeah, there's a lot more awareness, even just at yeah. the like family level where parents are kind of starting to understand maybe you should be on the lookout for these things or maybe you shouldn't <laughs> beat your, your children. Is your kid acting weird? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this kind of segues directly into the psychopathy in, in investment bankers. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is a really good article on The Atlantic that kind of covers this. Uh, Maybe we can link to it when we uh, release this episode. But there is about like a, I think they said 10% of investment bankers. That that figure was getting tossed around a lot. And it's not 100%. It was more like the sliding scale thing. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But that industry does reward some of the traits that we're talking about. I mean, we all say American Psycho. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a lack of empathy. So you're not going to be held back by guilt. Um, yeah. Rewarding risk. Uh, you know, they're not going to have the same fear response that, or like risk aversion that kind of a normal, healthy, you know, person would have. No, so the ability right. to hide a hooker. <laughs> they take these big risks. Hide yeah. her body. So, I mean, that's that's that, I mean, that's pretty rewarded. You know, like even if you don't do it, if you know how, then you're going to move up that ladder real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, I have a problem. The, the, like, okay. The, the author of the article made an interesting point that um, you kind of want to encourage lots of different types of people to go into these fields so that they don't get packed with, yeah. um, you know, crazy white people dudes. who are on the sliding scale of psychopathy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy so white dudes. <laughs> you, want, you want to get some, like, tree huggers. In these, you know, just for example, like in these uh, Wall Street companies. More hippies in banking. Exactly. That's the start <laughs> of campaign. <laughs> more, more hippies in banking. So anyway, George, I'm going to throw it to you because I've been talking for a while. Yeah, so we so we, so we conclude the second act of this show with uh, basically like uh, with with uh, Craig Bierko's character saying like, you want, so- you want socio psychopath or sociopaths? Everyone in this, everyone in this company is busted. He has a very <laughs> impassioned argument about like how hard he's had to work to get there, and he presents some uh, uh, some compelling evidence as to why he's not the one that killed the very first person because he was having a facelift and a tummy tuck or something, or liposuction, <laughs> and there's complications. Oh, that's right. So yeah. he was in the hospital for a couple extra days. So he was not in any shape to uh, perform a heinous act, especially faking someone's death or, or making it a death look like an accident. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously Sherlock Holmes was like, "Damn," and you know he gets in his little like butt hurt funk every time he's proven wrong. <laughs> Although he wasn't officially accusing him, he was basically just saying, "You know what? You are the best suspect here." And then he showed up in his place, and he gets all like, ah, and he's like, "Well, you know, you're right. I can't. Never mind." So then uh, we get. Him having his little sulky moment where he's like slamming a basketball on the ground repeatedly, and then Jones like, "I'm trying to read here." I'm like, "Worst roommate ever," but also not just on the ground, but on a photo of yeah, like he's got the file facts. laid out, yeah. and he's just like sp- like slamming it down on like all of like his information. <laughs> and I sort of still think it's like I don't think his his concentration focusing techniques specifically work for him. I think he picks whatever is the most annoying and goes with that because for him annoying other people is what helps him concentrate <laughs> so that's what the crux of it right there is like he doesn't give a shit about what he's doing as long as it's n- like just n- repetitive and annoying unless it's squat yeah, thro- squats then uh you know that helps but you know that just annoys his glutes but then maybe that's like repetitive and annoying it might not just be that he likes to annoy other people and that's why it's also maybe that's what penetrates his brain the best yeah because he's got a lot of stuff flying around in there that he needs something targeted and really annoying to him too Mm -hmm. maybe it's just he does this with her so she'll come and complain and then he'll have a conversation he'll have that moment he's like oh yeah by the way because yeah so she's like the thing is like she actually engages him she's like i was reading a book you're driving me crazy Mm -hmm. and then he says this thing is like well, and then she actually starts to talk to him about the case while he's still beating the basketball on the ground, which was, drives me nuts. And then finally <laughs> he's like, oh, by the way, uh, so-and-so wants to meet me for a, for a coffee so he can explain the fact that he's married. And he's just like, you should go. 
And she's like, no, I'm not going to like coffee with a creeper. Not my having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she's like, no, I'm not going to. He's like, you really should, A, to test out your theory, to f- see if you can spot the lie. Like some actual, like, you know, constructive purposes behind him. He's like, and also, I need to be by myself. This isn't changing. You need to go because this is, I'm just going to keep doing this. <laughs> and so she goes. And as soon as she walks out the door, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, look who's on this uh uh, medical form for uh, Fox's uh, surgery back in 2009 or whatever. Like it's Donna, our favorite secretary, mm-hmm. Donna, our our our, uh, <laughs> our our Valkyrie, with her weird <laughs> bump up bun hair. Oh yeah, remember when that hairstyle was everywhere? It was like she has like her Donna. her hair is strapped to her head in every conceivable way today, except actually. like a little bump in the front and like that little bump. That it. was weird. <laughs> She she stayed up too late and got bought into them. But her hair is very meticulous, as is her clothing. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yeah. So um, yeah. we cut to the coffee shop when she she comes in. He's like, "Can I get you something?" Like, what? You didn't already order me a latte? Because that's presumptuous. And he goes in this little bit of a spiel about the fact that like he was working for a nonprofit and volunteering, and there was this like girl who was from Kosovo and her father was a general and he'd been murdered. And if she went back, she'd be killed. So basically green card married her in order to keep her from going back. Mm-hmm. That's why he was married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want specifics. I want you to tell me the general's name. I want to tell you, <laughs> you to tell me what NGO you mm-hmm. worked for. I don't believe this sob story. I need more knowledge is power. Give it to me. Even better. was the fact that this big shit. Th- th- it's apparently the movie green card with Jean, uh, Gerard Depardieu and Andy McDowell makes it seem like a much more complicated process and just like, Hey, let's go get married. Well, uh, remember when it is. Sherlock first like looked up the name of when he basically Googled Aaron and he read aloud mm. the name of his wife. And I feel like it was Grace like, something. It, was, it did not no, sound Bosnian. It was. It was Grace something. No, it was yeah. Like, yeah, it was It was a weird last name. I think it was like an Americanized last name, though, because maybe she was just like, I'm going to go by Grace. Well, also like fleeing. It, I, I mean, if we're going to lean into the sob story that he's creating, like maybe she had to change her last name to flee like government officials or whatever I guess but regardless possible, yeah. yeah regardless i want specifics i don't like this vague sob story conversation that makes you look better well she, she he gives it to her and then she's me. like i don't like and then that she's shit. like oh that's very there was very selfless of you to marry her and, but i i want to preface all this by saying that as soon as she sits down and she's like no i don't want anything he's like so how did you find out i'm like why are you like she calls him out i'm like why are you putting this back on her dude you're the one who lied about mm-hmm. being married. Well, that's like that's concerned. some gaslight shit. He could no, be concerned that's some about gaslight. ice. <laughs> that's some gaslight shit. No. Listen, if ice I'm were going to, they just celebrated their anniversary. If ice was going to come down on them for that shit, they would have done it by then. <laughs> well, I actually wondered about that too because he says she lives in Hoboken or something. I wondered, like, don't they need to be close in case, like, uh, they according to the movie with Gerard Depardieu and Andy McDowell, they do. Okay, so I have a friend who actually got married to someone who needed... A, it wasn't like they only got married because that he needed a green card. But they got married, and he did, in fact, need a green card. Mm. And they had to, like... There's so many, like, legal hoops, interviews. Like, you have to prove that shit of, like, you actually do love each other, and this is not a business arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like him just saying that she lives somewhere. Like you have to prove you live in the same place. Maybe there's yeah, maybe yeah. maybe maybe they got, they got married, stayed together long enough for that to be a thing. And here's the thing, obviously, like 
Are you telling me that they had to live together for like, and they didn't like, they didn't hook up once or twice just out of curiosity? <laughs> I just feel like there's way more behind this than he's letting on, obviously. Yeah. And that's why I want specifics. I would have said, like, do you guys bone? Like, not that I care, but I'm just curious. Did you bone? Because if you're going to lie about that, what else are you going to, like, lie about? <laughs> yeah. Well, I also want to watch that movie. So. You should. Oh, it's cute. It's yeah. like a romantic Listen, comedy. Uh, like Aaron's hotness 90s. only went so far for me as this <laughs> sob story. This sob story ended it. I was like, I'm good. You didn't give me specifics to go follow up on. So like, well, bye. then she does. Then she just said like, okay, you know what? That was actually kind of cool of you to do that. And uh, I might have to react a little bit. And then his next follow up is like, but really, how did you find out? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only people that ask that shit are people who are guilty of something. Mm-hmm. So sus. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I, I'm clearly more optimistic about this whole situation than you guys are, but um, I found it uh, interesting how she was very almost chastised. Like she kind of looks sheepish. I, which is ridiculous. Um, she had every right to be concerned, even if his reasons yeah, were for the like, oh, well, we had to get married because she was going to die of like uh, needed a kidney, but like no one would take a kidney from a stranger, so we got married so that could but be her husband. Like, Even if that were the case, like, own it, own it, own it. <laughs> were you were you the only guy at this NGO that she could possibly marry? That does say also something about his impulse control. If he's like, you know what, fuck it, let's get married. We'll keep you in the country. It's cool. <laughs> like they couldn't have found out something better. Less like maybe so cynical. I'm just saying it's cute, but also suspicious. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he lost me in this. But yeah, so he, yeah, no. Sorry, Aaron. Next. So uh, then we <laughs> cut to uh, Sherlock confronting Donna in, 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 Donna in the building of this Gregson and Ebersol, whatever it's called. No, uh, Cannon, Cannon Ebersol. and Ebersol. Gregson and Ebersol actually sounds better. But uh, yeah, so he confronts her and he's like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, what are you doing here? And it's like, if you if you don't know by now, you should watch the show. And this is where I confront you low key about you being a killer. And then you say something to give yourself away. <laughs> and so she's like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he kept like kneeling her and poking at her and like, oh, you had so much. like." And he's like, I didn't realize you'd followed him all. You were even his emergency contract on a surgery. That's that's intense for a secretary. And mm-hmm. he's making all these comments. And then she throws a little back at him. He's like, I know your type. She's, he's like, do you? I don't think you do. You never made a Bible. She's like, oh, yeah. You complain about people with their suits and everything, but you wear that T-shirt and scarf as it's some sort of, like, uniform. And she's like, you just had to come and crow about this and that. He's like, I don't know. He's like, you want to know how I know this? Because you followed me down into a basement. And then she just tases him. And I'm like. She has a like point, Dan, Donna. Though, has I see this... you. You did a good job. Like, come on. Like, you 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 pull one over on him because he was completely underestimating yeah. her. Thought like I am going to confront this mm-hmm. woman and she's going to cry and she's like, oh, I meant to do this because I'm in love with him or some bullshit like that. And she's like, nope, it worked for my benefit and now I'm tasing your ass. And she tases him and throws him in the trunk of her car. This is yeah. the second time he's gone to like gloat and explain something that didn't go right for him in this episode. <laughs> he does get to a little full of himself. And this time it really yeah, got him. He gets right up in her face. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I mean, obviously she's a murderer, but it's a parking garage and a strange man following her. So I, it, I've said this many times. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but the best villains always kind of have a point. Yeah. And um, she absolutely. So her speech about the 
the way she's been underestimated and <clears throat> kind of the, I don't know what you want to call it, the identity politics of like Sherlock has his kind of alternative, um, you know, informal identity that means one thing to him and the bankers have their version of that which is the suits um so yeah i I like her as a villain because she has a point and Mm -hmm. she's prepared for attackers in parking garages she has a taser well that's the thing is like the average individual with a taser in their purse is prepared for attackers apparently she's prepared to take down anybody just in case she has a moment she's like oh i'm gonna tase you and then you know set it up to where it looked like you hung yourself with your own belt (laughs) just in case yeah yeah, so then we, uh, we we cut to the scene where he wakes up and, like, we're back to the beginning of the episode. And he's he's in the back of the car and he's like, oh, she's like, oh, you're awake. And now we're going to have, like, like cat mouse uh, driving banter. And so he's talking to her, <laughs> trying to, like, keep her uh, keep her occupied while he, you know, in a very Sherlockian way, doesn't doesn't freak out. He looks around. He sees, like, the little... Uh, uh, clippy thing on the file in the back seat of her car yeah. pops that off gets the thing out and he starts working on his cuffs she gets into uh, 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 fox's house and and apparently her grand plan is the fact that oh we find out because first off we get him uh we we have joan opening up and telling gregson what's going on like mm-hmm. this is like i'm going to tell you this but and then we cut back to sherlock like basically like i'm not going to dig my own grave like I'm sorry, like that's ridiculous. I, like wh- th- that's how cliche is that? I'm not gonna dig my own grave. And she's like, like you can shoot me, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not digging the hole for you to for you to kill me in. And like her response is like, no, fine, I'll do it. It doesn't have to be that deep. Yeah. Because <laughs> her whole point yeah. is, and she fell for the monologuing bait, where she's like, I'm gonna give you my speech, and her speech is the fact that she is going mm-hmm. to blame. She's gonna frame fox and then like slide over to the next guy in line and be his secretary she's just got a plan like as far as like living up to your potential while under the radar she's got it going on you gotta give her props yeah and she and sherlock goads her kind of yeah yeah he keeps it like oh i gotta keep buying time because in the car Mm -hmm. earlier he said like oh this lady joan keeps texting me i should respond to her and so he's like you should probably say something otherwise she's just gonna keep at it and so she does classic faux pas she falls for the whole like <laughs> i don't villain faux pas. i don't text like a sugared up teenager with a learning disability so uh <laughs> she's gonna figure out what's going on and joan does she's like sees it she's like nope we need to run a trace on the cell phone and they find out where she is and so he's got her about to dig a hole or the hole's dug she's standing there with a gun behind it, and he's like oh tell me more about your story i want to hear more about that and she's like well by the way okay i will and then the he hears sirens. She freaks out. He turns around, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, do you know I pick locks?" Boop, and there's and pockets, and then tases her. And like just that line alone illustrates how little he cares for personal boundaries. But you know, in this case, it saved his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he tases her, and uh, Bing, bang, boom, murderer caught. We see Sherlock with the paramedics. I guess it's, I guess they've gone all night because it's um, the sun's coming up. And he's he says I can't have a tranquilizer, but I'll take some oxygen if you have any. Let's <laughs> get high on O2. Thank like, you. I know my I know my I know how to do my thing. Yeah, and then Joan comes up and they talk, 
um, he he kind of acknowledges um, that she she detected the difference in the text styles and and that's and but he's also like kind of trying to twist it so he gets credit like I knew he's like well I I manipulated her into texting you and I knew you know so I saved myself yeah. like yeah I love that she, she called him out for the thunder it. stealing like I, I have that in caps <laughs> in my notes call him out for thunder stealing <laughs> Yeah, um, and then he does actually praise her deductive skills in a kind of backhanded way and says, like, you know, it's, it's not unworthy of uh, development. Basically, you're getting a hint of, like, you, hey, maybe do you want to pursue this a little bit? Yeah. Um, and then she confesses that she did have to tell Gregson about Sherlock's sobriety, and she apologizes. So then we see Sherlock going to talk to Gregson and they have this really nice conversation mm-hmm. about good scene. Um, where, yeah, it's a good, it's a good scene. He, Sherlock apologizes for not telling him and admits that he was, he was embarrassed and he, uh, based off of their previous relationship at Scotland Yard, Sherlock felt like, um, Gregson had a high opinion of him and he valued that. Like he wanted Gregson to think well of him, uh, so I like, I think that makes Sherlock seem more human. Yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. he, he does care. He and, and then Gregson, like Gregson dropped the bomb does. on him. She's like, dude, I've always known. Yeah. Like, you don't think I'm doing yes, my homework? Yes, I love that too. Like, I would like to talk about the fact that you're very condescending right now because you assume that A, I, I wouldn't check up on you and B, that I can't figure out that your personal valet is somehow like just this, <laughs> this yeah, this woman who now lives in your house. Like, I can put two yeah, or two together. Come on. Gregson's like you said Joan was your personal valet do you think I'm an idiot and I think but that is part of Gregson's character Mm -hmm. in this show is he plays dumb sometimes and and to his advantage he just looks where he just looks the other way when he needs to and not in like a shady cop way but like a this is technically maybe not above board like socially and like professionally but I'm not going to say anything about it because he gets he said like specifically like your work has not slipped a bit and I'm like that was a great Mm -hmm. moment where he's like you doesn't matter what you've been through. You're still you. Yeah. 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 And he agrees to, he's not going to say anything. People don't need to know. I'm so glad I, that I they that address cool. both Joan telling him and then this conversation between them mm-hmm. in the same episodes. It didn't drag that shit out for like another wait until like yeah. sweeps week or like mid, like a, <laughs> like a mid season finale. I judge me nuts when these where it like all comes out little yeah like yelled at it in a moment of anger like yo well I told Mm -hmm. Gregson that you were on drugs you know (laughs) it's just like a very it is like you know what you have a thing to say say the thing Mm -hmm. and do it and you're fine and and it worked out great yeah I agree drives me nuts in TV shows when that's their their trope is like well you know what we're just gonna have them not have a conversation and that's gonna be the the crux of the story for six months (laughs) that's it's it's lazy. It's, it's also lazy. Just talk. Yeah. If if the characters had any communication skills, there would be no story. <laughs> Half of the right. shows on the CW yeah. revolve around a a complete story arc of well, I can't tell them this one thing that just shows them my normal person. I can't say this, yeah. and so it's like everything is like, oh, you know what? If you just said something, I don't know, two years ago, well, this wouldn't be an issue right now. Just just talk. But then we wouldn't have had two extra seasons. Yeah. Well, they they would have found they maybe could have found something else to write about. I don't know. <laughs> well, that that was always my big 
beef with Downton Abbey, which I love Downton Abbey, but they recycle the same storylines. We mustn't tell. Bates and Anna. I'm like, can we get Anna? uh, Get Bates out of prison. Get Anna out. You know, it's just like enough already. But anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. Um, (laughs) So then we end on like what I think is maybe my favorite scene in the episode because it's back at the brownstone and Sherlock is practicing picking locks and Joan gets a text from Aaron and she says she thinks he's blowing her off uh, and she's like I don't want to be in a relationship right now anyway and um, he says well Sherlock says you know Aaron was maybe intimidated by your analytical skills another red flag um, oh you're smart you can figure my shit out (laughs) Nah, I want a dumb girl. Well, may, yeah, a red flag, yes, but is it uncommon? No, for Definitely people to not be uncommon. intimidated by intelligent. I, I don't know if men have this problem, but women have this problem for sure. It's like your intelligence is seen as intimidating or a th- or a threat. And um, but Sherlock says this life of you know once you begin to see things through a deductive lens, the puzzles kind of the pieces fitting together it has a cost um people are the most fascinating puzzle of all but they don't necessarily like being seen that way Mm -hmm. um and it can be and and joan says well it sounds like a lonely way to live and he's like yeah it has costs and i just thought it was such a nice moment between them and really good writing um There's it's something about this episode where it had some weird, heavy moments and just like some of the themes, but there was something about the writing that was a lot lighter and a lot more bantery and like, like there was a, there was there was a uh, there was an undertone to this one that was a lot more kind of like quick quick and the other ones have been the way, but this was noticeably more so I thought where like just the dialogue mm-hmm. was just like it just zipped a little bit more and there's like you know slightly funnier in certain ways and they're just it was just maybe as a director I don't know but it was just it's something about it came across as more not nearly as uh, ha- I guess dense it was a little, a little bit mm, more yeah. a little more accessible I thought or maybe not as stiff I think they're they're starting to loosen up and find their yeah uh find their what's the word their vibe for their vibe yeah <laughs> they're hit their stride because this is episode four um you know new shows always do kind of take a, a few episodes to really get going and uh the three episode rule yeah. oh is that a rule it makes sense mm-hmm. and a lot of in a lot of things there's like a you, if you get over the hump of like the first three it it's mm. it's that's whether you're gonna stay with the show. Unless or not. it's an anime, then it's the first that's three true. seasons. Just get through oh, the first God. three seasons, and after that, it just really picks up. It's great. Not all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have the patience for that. Um, I don't even <laughs> often have the patience for three episodes, but um, yeah. And then I would just want to mention the outro song is "The Silver Lining" by Gold Leaves. And then uh, it's time for faves. Yeah, what's your favorites, Allison? Well, so I'll start with outfit, and it's not an outfit, but it's an item of clothing. It's is uh, this goes out to Sherlock's red and black plaid scarf. Um, <laughs> it's a classic of season one. Whenever I go back and watch this season, I always feel nostalgic, it's like ah, oh, red scarf days. Because um, eventually, you'll see his wardrobe evolving, and he becomes more sophisticated. But 
uh, spoilers. It's also, it's like an oddly small scarf. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he was wearing the scarf reaches, like, with his... like a t-shirt was odd. Yeah. yeah, that's. I wanted to get a good look at that t-shirt too. I just couldn't tell what it was underneath. There was some kind of. Uh, at one graphic. point, Joan was out with like a black tank t-shirt t- and then a scarf around her neck and like all like along on her date that was like her date attire and i'm like obviously it's not very warm <laughs> did you need the scarf except for accentuation no so why are you wearing this weird thick scarf with a t-shirt it's an accessory mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah uh, i don't know i just like it johnny what was your uh what was your outfit Joan's date outfit, actually, the one that you were just like, oh, why does she have a scarf? I don't know. I liked her, like, one, her, like, jumper, her, like, mm. her, like, romper. Which are notoriously hard situation. to pee in, but. They are, yeah. but it just looked really cute. I love her. the romper mindset because it's, like, it's like, I look cute in this shit, but if I got to go to the bathroom, I got to get naked in a bathroom stall. But that's it's why so you true. do a, it's a quick, it's a quick date. You got to get home before you have to pee. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a she, she did it on purpose. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, she's so. like, oh, I'm sorry, I gotta nope. go home. I, I just, I love yeah. the whole romper mindset. No, but she looked cute. I loved that outfit on her. She, she never doesn't look cute, but yes, yeah, she's always good. Although I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little off, off the reservation for mine. My favorite outfit was uh, Donna's tweed murder suit. Oh shit! <laughs> it was yes, tight. I love it looked some good. Tweed. Like she was rocking that yeah. tweed at the end. For sure. I wonder if it was a Chanel tweed. She, do you think she makes Ooh. enough to buy Chanel? Maybe she's like a secretary for somebody who makes that. Much. Although maybe that's part of like what drives her. Maybe maybe she does because she's worked her way up the ladder that much through you know mm-hmm. murder. Yeah. yeah, she's on the dark side of she it. She likes tweed because sure. you can get blood out of it. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, just like spray a little. Uh, it's like it's, it's wool, right? Tweet wool. It's a club soda, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, white oh, wine, dab. Don't don't rub. <laughs> So my favorite word of the episode was slappers. <laughs> I had never heard that term before this episode. I hadn't either. And I had, to, I mean, I kind of got it from context, but when I looked it up, I was like, okay, this is a British and Australian slang term for prostitute or a loose woman. Did it say and the why? Way he says it. No, I did not look up the etymology. Um, I wrote down the line because it, Sherlock says it and it's so funny. What was it? Oh, I didn't write it down. Sorry. What is it? I can't even remember. Well, anyway, doesn't matter. That was my word. What was your word, Johnny? Uh, parochial. Oh. Mm. Because it's uh, relating to a church parish or having a limited or narrow outlook on, or scope. It was uh, in his conversation with Fox at his house. Yeah, the fact that he said, I went to parochial school, and then he says, like, yeah. I've, I've broken pretty much every commandment. I'm like, except the murder one, right? That's yeah. the first one. You're already there to say you didn't do that, but you didn't specifically say thou shalt not kill. I thought that's a point, a moment, of, like, I've broken everyone except the one about murder. <laughs> that's a good word choice because I didn't catch it, but it's also one of those words that I hear all the time and never bothered to look up and never understood mm-hmm. exactly what it meant. You always hear parochial school. Mm-hmm. Which is different than yeah. pierogial school, where you just like make little dumplings mm. all the time, which is delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Get them onions in there. <laughs> the butter. Yep, cook them up. Yeah, I'd rather go to that. I would definitely want to go to parochial school <laughs> yeah. than parochial school for sure. 
Uh, my word was specious. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, he says that uh, he, it's, he, at the very last conversation with uh, with Gregson, and he said, like, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't tell you, but they're all specious, which is, it really is just a really fancy way of saying I was lying to myself. Because mm. it means, it just basically means, like, basically you think it's based on truth, but it's not. Interesting. And it was That's a really good word to use in that moment. So I, 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 and the thing is, one of those where I've like I've heard it before, but I'm like, what does that mean? So I looked it up, and like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a perfect word for this moment. Ugh, I love this. I'm such a nerd. Yeah. And so, what's your what's your what's your what's your line? What's your quote? My quote is what Sherlock says to Joan about bankers early in the episode. He says, I loathe bankers. They rigged the roulette wheel of commerce. Very nearly destroyed the world economy. And they still think if they wear suits, they'll be treated like respectable folk instead of the crooks that they are. Yeah, he and I have very similar feelings on suits. I don't own a suit. I think <laughs> suits are basically like a symbol of like avarice and, and just just how hard can we fuck something over and wear a suit and still look presentable. And everyone thinks, oh, he's a nice guy because he wears a suit. Like usually if you wear a suit, you're a bastard in some way, shape or form. It does kind of seem that way. I mean, I have always wished I could wear like men's wear inspired suits. I just don't have any place to wear them nor the time and energy to spend getting them tailored to fit a woman. But I love mm-hmm. the look like, of like uh, a good power suits, hot a jacket, a vest, a tie. Yeah. Like, especially on a woman, I think that's like super yes. cool. But I mean, who has that? Yeah. I mean, maybe one day when money like, or the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't have anywhere to go to wear a suit right now. I spend every day in like leggings. Maybe you should have a suit with leggings. Uh, just wear wear swear jacket. <laughs> we didn't pick the same word, but that was my favorite quote. I oh, oh, nice. slappers was a close second, but like of my word, <laughs> but that was definitely my favorite quote of the episode, just because it was very poignant. About spending mm-hmm. six figures and a year like, on slappers. <laughs> no, but I feel like everybody can, regardless of who watches the show everybody can relate to his sentiments Mm -hmm. and probably have like they share that same feeling well yes especially if you're old enough to be to have been cognizant during that time Mm -hmm. it was i i can't even remember who i was talking to or what i was watching where there was like a a young whippersnapper who was like what happened in 2009 and everybody was like what um but you couldn't live through that period without being marked by it you know and it, mm-hmm. i think it really altered a lot of our generation's perception of wall street and capitalism um so yeah and it's also that line i mean johnny lee miller just delivers it so well it, when i say it it sounds written when it comes out of his mouth it sounds that's like like he thought it up yeah. on the spot yeah yeah mm-hmm. so my mine was I, I love I love the non sequiturs. Those are like my favorites. I think every one I picked so far has just been a weird uh, Johnny Lee Miller Sherlock Holmes non sequitur. But when when she goes like, "What? He's dead right there. This case is over." And his line is over. Do you see that salad over there? Or salad sitting there? And I'm like, "That's it. That's right there. That's like you're on a murder investigation. There's a dead man with a needle in his arm." You're, you're twitching and biting your nails and thinking like, you know, like acting like a weirdo. And she like calls it over. And that's 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 your link right there is the salad is wrong. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, the most are salads probably the most innocuous looking food. Like of all the foods, that would be the least likely 
someone would suspect of being poisoned? I don't know. Greens are sus. What do you think is the most suspicious food? Uh, like uh, wine and a fancy goblet. Because that shit's always <laughs> any, poisoned. Or blood. Any alcohol. Any alcoholic drink. True. Yeah, true. I'm thinking soup, too, but we're all going for liquids here. Anyway. Yeah, but I've never heard of someone trying to conceal poison in a salad, so that's, like, good on her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very innovative. She's a smart, like I said, she's a smart woman. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Um, Johnny, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you online if you would like to be found? Sure. I mean... Just Google it. I'm sure it'll come up. But uh, my name or the podcast name, but it's uh, Austin Powers Minute. You can go listen to two seasons. So I did um, The Spy Who Shagged Me and International Man of Mystery already. So back catalog for you to go check out and listen to me talk about gross, hilarious things. (laughs) And it's definitely a rated like R plus (laughs) podcast so don't uh it's not safe for work don't don't listen to it out loud uh <laughs> with your coworkers. Um, unless nasty but yeah or you yeah unless that's what you do and that's cool um yeah so anywhere you could do like twitter it's on any podcatcher too but i know we're definitely on spotify so are you on instagram i'm not that's oh, the okay. one place i will not put austin powers minute i don't i just i don't want to post photos of fat bastard on instagram so mm. I'm, i don't know if i feel okay with that so i'm good <laughs> i mean you could always just not post sense. photos of him that's that's an option i know but he's an iconic he character is, and it would work out you know, so well you don't be like you know what i'm i have to do it i have to do it <laughs> you're, you're the captain of your own ship yeah and george have we sorted out where we are online um I mean, that I think we weird started it out last time. I just forgot. Yeah. Oh, I, and then you said it, and I don't have it written accessible because I always forget. Oh, man. Our online presence is a mess. Um, hold on a second. Let me find it. I'm just going to start. <laughs> I'm going to, like, copy and paste it into every Yeah, show that, would, that, that way would be, it'll just be good. There. It's in... Oh, before we uh, before I tell you about our social medias, I wanted to say that I have just... Uh, uh, you know, it's only... I don't know how many years behind the times, but I finally just launched my uh, professional Instagram account for photos I've oh, taken. Yeah. So uh, if you guys want to go check out some of my photo work, go to Robot Tiger Photo on Instagram, and uh, they're all in there. Actually, uh, Allison's husband Josh really is on good. there too. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. You, yeah, you have some great portraits on there. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's out there. So go check it out. And you know, if you're in Denver, call me and I'll take photos for money. Um, yeah. So our <laughs> social media is our email. You can email us at elementarypod at gmail.com. Straightforward. Uh, IG is also elementarypod. Our Twitter is at elementarydears. And then you come to our Facebook group and talk to us uh, like the friends that we want to be, uh, the Brownstone. So that's Perfect. that's how you get in touch with us. Cool. Yeah. So until next right. time, folks. Again, oh, Johnny, did foot? we tell you that we do the? Sorry, we didn't tell you. No, sorry. You didn't tell we me. do a the game is a foot outro, and it's like it's, oh, okay. it's Star Wars minute esque in the fact that it doesn't like you don't have to sync it up. It's fine, but don't it doesn't be okay, ridiculous. Great. Yeah. So yeah. So until next time, listeners. The game is a foot. The game is a foot.
stretch in London that I talked only to a phrenology bus I kept in my study. I named him Angus. It was insane. That addiction and emotion don't make sense. Yeah, yeah it's not rational. What the, sorry. Whoa. My phone just decided to start paying Baby Shark for <laughs> okay. no reason whatsoever. That's odd. Uh, fuck you very much for getting that, that stuck in my head. That song has never existed on my phone in any form in the history of me owning a phone. And for some reason, it just decided to start playing it. I've never even downloaded that song as a joke. Oh, it's the worst. That was great. I know there's it's a song that's worse than that, but we won't talk about it. Oh, please don't. Yeah, please don't. I don't even want to know it. They, they, they did that thing on Ted Lasso where they were saying Jamie Tart instead of Baby yeah. Shark. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, man. Now it's in there. Stop it. Now it's in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. I mean, you can get really close Hello. to the mic and say oh. that that way. Oh, please no. Not this again. <laughs> this is running bit. It's fine. I mean, Allison well, hates he ASMR. To, he, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to torture me. You're like, I don't want you inside my actual brain. Thank you. Yeah, Just no, your ear canal. <laughs> <laughs>